I'm Nick. And I'm Alex. And this is The Games Wagon, a gaming podcast that follows the short attention span of two brothers, covering computer games, card games, board games, miniature games, and beyond. If you play it, we will pay attention to it until we see an actually affordable product on Kickstarter. As Australian affordable, that is. We're back with a new logo, a new recording studio, one new microphone, a new theme song, new hairdos, and new personalities. We're nicer than ever. Nick's More lovable. Nicer, Nick's nicer than ever. He's got a nice sounding mic. I've, I've got the same mic. Well, that, the mic doesn't necessarily make me nicer, but <laughs> it goes a long way, I'm sure. That microphone is Australian design and manufactured. So, Rode is Australian brand? Rode is Australian. I didn't know that. There you go. Represent. This week, we're doing a pretty standard lot with our new look. Uh, we're going to do our fast forward section, uh, followed by our What's Up, and then, as written here, a rambling review of Rantham. Rantham is what I mean by Anthem. <laughs> is what you be? Your alliteration version of it. Yeah. That's right. That may, this may or may not be take two of our lovely podcast this time around. Yeah, someone forgot to record Nick. Well, I'm it was pretty good with just me. It was like, you know, me answering my own questions and things. I was enjoying it. Awkward silences. Well, I wasn't that happy with the first take, to be honest. There we go. We're learning. Yeah. All right, let's jump in. All righty, I'm going to kick it off with my first fast forward. Uh, I'm looking forward to Biomutant. Um, so this is kind of an action uh, sort of RPG-ish game, I believe. And it's going to be on a bunch of platforms. I'm pretty sure PC, Xbox, and um, PlayStation. Uh, it was looking absolutely amazing to me. It had this really gritty style. Uh, kind of a bit cutesy because you do play as a sort of animal. But, you know, you're, you're sort of going along fighting these things and mutating cool new powers. Uh, but I saw in a recent trailer, well, I heard in a recent trailer that they have a narrator. Mm. And this narrator is quite um, kiddy to me and cheesy. And it was kind of gone against the uh, grittiness that I first imagined. He sounds a lot like the narrator from Little Big Planet, um, which was very kid-oriented sort of game. Right. I mean, I was thinking of Ratchet and Clank when I saw this game in some ways. Yeah, I suppose Ratchet and Clank is a... I guess if Sackboy was for little kids, then Ratchet and Clank is maybe for slightly bigger kids. Right. I mean, I was also thinking of Bastion. Bastion was famous for having that old man narrate your actions, but that was kind of heroic, at least more heroic than this one. Yeah. Um, it just seems a bit silly. It's sort of is it a British accent. It's kind of a British accent, silly. I'm a Brit thing. Sure, and it's, it had that kind of Stanley Parable. But Stanley Parable, the whole point is you're going against the narrator, right? The narrator says, "Go left," and you go right. Why well, this was a bit more like, and then he bonked his head into a thing. When yeah, like it was sort of giving you guidance from what I saw in this um, latest trailer. And you know you're pretty you got to follow what it's doing, but yeah, some of it you sort of wonder is is it because in um, Little Big Planet they sort of led you a bit astray the narrator from time to time, right? So I imagine they're going to do a similar thing there. I don't know it just looked super cool to me and something a bit different, although um, 
It's not due to be released until they're saying mid this year, whatever that means. So who knows what changes could happen in that. And time. we were looking at the THQ Nordic track record, and it's pretty spotty. Yeah. I mean, we've got Dark Size Three. I mean, that's considered an undervalued game, but still, uh, Generation Zero. Did, I can't even remember that coming out. That was. It was like the Jagged Alliance series where I think it was a um, tactical movie. Oh, around. yeah, okay. Uh, what else? They had Lucky's, Super Lucky's Tale and the Recall. Yeah. So Recall was a Microsoft developed attempt at uh, kind of uh, uh, Metroidvania 3D style game. Yeah. Which I have played and, and was okay, but didn't really hold up very well to keep you going, kind of thing. Yeah. Well, I was just saying with THQ, I love um, the Company of Heroes games, uh, but that is a different studio. Right. Um, but I was also sort of uh, interested in THQ Nordic recently because they've been doing idiotic media stunts. So. <laughs> you better check that that was them, was it? I'm pretty that? sure it was them. Um, well, do- you double check that so uh, we don't get in trouble with the lawyer who I imagine is you as well. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know, the Biomutant thing, I just thought it would be, um, you know, aimed maybe more at teens then, I guess, from what I had originally seen. But now with sure. this narrator, I'm thinking, oh. Yeah, they did do an 8chan event. Yeah, they did an 8chan event, which, um, I mean, you've always got to think in any public. Associated them with racism and other things like that. Yeah, it's not necessarily the best group to go for because you know that you're always going <laughs> to run into trouble on the internet anyway, let alone when you start in a particularly troublesome place. But a lot of these developers and things, I think they're actually, they claim they didn't know anything about this, but I find that hard to believe because they're generally involved in these communities to some degree. Right. I mean, there are le- they're people who are involved, but they seem to be, I mean... I don't know. This is interesting how Rare was conducting their stuff around the Sea of Thieves, right? They were there doing the streams, and they seemed to have some knowledge. But they just didn't know the final details a lot of the times. So Where were they? Where were Rare? Oh no, Rare were on YouTube and Twitch and stuff like that. But they talked about what they were doing, and you often hear uh. people talk about these interviews. I was listening to an interview with the people making Dreams, uh, that PlayStation game coming up soon, and they they seem to know roughly and have some input or engagement, but it is somewhat out of their hands. Yeah, I suppose so. Uh, anyway, so let's see. I don't know. It still looks fun. That's for sure. It looks fun. I'm I'm excited to see what will happen next with it. All right, so I'm looking forward to the new set of Keyforge being released. So this is a game I still want to be playing more, though I've gotten some games in. We've played a bit, um, and I've also played the fam every now and then. Unfortunately, I haven't attended any of the Chainbound events. So these are the events where you go, you register your deck, and then based on how well you do, you get chains, which kind of limits how well your deck can draw cards at the start. So it's essentially a handicap. Yeah, and I was sort of interested in... Are there decks that are totally covered in chains? Well, there are. So we've got after about, a, I don't think it's been two months, but longer than a month, I think it's been running or being available to be run. Uh, some decks are starting to come out um, with certain levels and there definitely are ones that are better, it seems, than others. So the idea is that if you play a deck enough, um, you will eventually, if that deck gets so good, it will ascend. So it'll be so good that it actually gets kicked out of the uh, match play format. 
Yeah, it goes into deck hell. <laughs> deck heaven, thank you. <laughs> yeah. Nobody can play with it anymore, so I find it hard. It watches it's down heaven. and gives us advice. <laughs> yeah, this is how you become a really great deck. <laughs> All right, so here we have one here. It's played uh, 16 games, uh, one loss, 15 wins. Wow. It has 15 chains. So when you draw, you're drawing two less cards, I think. I can't remember. That would be up to three less cards, I think. Yeah. Okay. But only for one turn, and then you go down to two less and then one less. Um, what's great about Keyforge is if you don't know, you go to the, the website keyforgegame.com, and you can see every single deck that's been registered, and you can look inside that deck, and you can check it out for yourself. So, yeah, what, I've, what you'll tend to notice with these top ones, I'm looking at the top one, two, three, four, five, six, seven. The top seven, let me double yep. check that. I think it might be eight. Six, seven, eight uh, have, all have Logos, which is a, a special house, and that often has a lot of card door. A standard house, one of the one of the factions. One of the factions is what I mean, yeah. Yeah. Um, yeah, and they tend to have a lot of card draw, so it's not surprising that they're kind of being used. Um, but yeah, uh, I would love to go along and these put my one of my good decks up there. I don't think it's a fifteen chainer. Yeah. But I could give it a go. One thing you don't know is the quality of opposition these people are playing against. I mean, there is. That. Yeah. Well, I'd be interested to see because he's got all the chains on him now, and he's played. You know, only lost one match. Was that match recently? Because he's got so many chains on it, or was right, it well, earlier yeah, we on? That, yeah, yeah I'm pretty sure this is equivalent of three tournament, three like kind of game nights or something like that. You know, maybe yeah. more. Yeah, um, that sounds about right. Yeah, or three or three four. four. Yeah, yeah. So sixteen. There's probably four actually. Four four games. Yeah. But yeah, so I don't know. I would love to go along and see how I do, but haven't had the time just yet. But looking forward. Um, I'm interested in what the new set will bring. I mean, until recently, I was there was kind of some worry around the power level of the current set being greater than the future set because there are these key cards. So the top deck that I'm looking here, I can even tell you the name, is Ursula Eredita del Colegio Natural. Rolls off the tongue there. Right. Um, has, you know, a standard kind of set of... Um, uh, important cards. Some well, it 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 doesn't have the some of the big players, like uh, we talked about stealing amber from your opponent with shadows. With um, uh, popped out of my head just then, bait and switch, uh, yeah, being a card. But it does have a lot of other kind of big players that you want to see in there. For example, you can have stuff like uh, library access and stuff like that. Actually, it doesn't have library access either. That, that's a draw the, more cards. Kind yeah, of that allows you to pretty draw cr- uh, crazily. Yeah. <clears throat> what is interesting about this deck that I'm looking at is pretty standard. <laughs> okay. I want, I'm questioning the quality of the opposition against this player or this player. Is Maybe they're really good. good, yeah. It might be really good, yeah. Um, There's only one way to find out. You better track them down and play them. <laughs> oh, yeah, there you go. Well, the second, the second deck that I looked at uh, entitled uh, Right of Archery is that has library access. It has four urchins, uh, three urchins, sorry, which uh, um, steal uh, a lot of amber. Do they steal on the turn they're played? Yeah, the they urchin? steal when you play them yeah. down. Yeah. So they're pretty good. Uh, so there's some pretty good, you know, pretty strong cards there. But 
will that be kept up for the second set, right? Or will it be replaced? And then there was some worry podcast and just talking to people about that. But just the other day, there were small cars released and they seem super powerful. So someone's like, um, there's a card already that allows you to capture off your opponent. So you take their amber, which is the points you need to win the game. So this is from the new set. For the new set, yeah. yeah you put it down. Great. I mean, that's in the standard set. You get one that captures three. You just play it. Now there's one that you capture three in every turn if you're able to reap. So that's an action you can do with your creatures. Then you get to get rid of those. So the whole thing of capture is, okay, I've captured it from you, but as soon as you kill that creature, you get it back. Yep. But this is burning that away if you can get it off. So is that taking it into your stockpile then? Uh, just destroy just it, I think. It? Yeah, yeah, just okay. gets rid of it. Yeah. Okay. There's, a, there's a, um, a Mars card that allows you to capture your opponent's amber onto their creatures. Yeah, and then you like get that. it. Yeah, then you end up getting dies. it when you kill that creature. Yeah. Um, so yeah, they just seem, and they had some really cool effects, some new uh, mechanisms like based on how much amber you have, you can do that much damage or get that much bonus effect or whatever it is. So they actually looked okay. Yeah, we're going to get some seriously cool cards and they're going to be strong. Um, but the interesting thing is with, whether those mechanics will turn it away from the play style that's very dominant now which is card draw board clear and steal so stealing off your opponent um and that really dominates if you played any and all three decks even that it's one that i was talking about has a lot of steel um it sounds like steel is a, an element or something in the game right but stealing <laughs> off taking away amber from other right. people yeah. putting it in your pile yeah i mean that second deck did have bait and switch in it so there you go um, but yeah, so there's a lot of, it's, again, if I look at the top ones, the, a lot of them have shadows and a lot of them have logos. So logos gives you card draw, shadows gives you s- stealing your opponent's amber away, which allows you to use it against them. So essentially. Yep. And you got to understand for every one that you steal from your opponent, that's actually a two swing, right? So they go down one and you go up one. Yeah, yeah. So it's a huge swing. It's pretty, it is pretty strong. And also, I mean, you kind of want to stop someone from forging a key just before they do it. And having any kind of mechanism that helps you do that is a great thing in that game. And one where not only are you stopping them from forging the key just before they're about to do it, but you're also helping yourself to forge a key. Exactly, yeah, yeah. It's It's a very strong mechanism. Yeah. But so will they move away from that? Uh, We'll just have to wait and see. Um, Will there be new archetypes? Because the dominant board, like I have this kick-ass board, hasn't been there as much. It's been there to some degree, especially with Sanctum. Um, But that would be interesting. Uh, and finally, the quality of the decks. So this kind of all feeds into this. And what I mean by quality of the decks is, are they able to kind of guarantee the quality of the bad decks or the not-so-good decks? Um, and what I mean is, because Keyforge's element is that you get a random deck. You don't know what you're going to get. Uh, that's the whole model, right? Yeah. You open your deck, you get the cards. You can't swap cards in or out. That's what you get. So... Sometimes you get not so good decks. <laughs> and they're aware of that, hence the chaining, hence the kind of trying to make it an even playing field, right? Yeah. That's why that's all there. Um, but I still think some of the poor decks are lack synergy. So a classic one is Mars has a lot of cards that say, if you have this many ready cre- Mars creatures or this many Mars creatures, over whatever it is, do this cool effect based on the number. Yeah. But sometimes you can get a deck with three 
mask creatures in there. Yeah. And those three creatures are really weak. They're not going to hang around. So you're going to draw all these cards that say do something cool with a masked creature and you're not going to have any masked creatures. So I would like them to try and improve that. I'm hoping that they'll improve that in their algorithm that they use to uh, distribute cards randomly. Yeah, I mean, it's a great question if they will because... And if you get some crappy decks, then you probably want to buy more. So it's kind of in their favor in a way. Sure, but... I think there's... Because there's a gambling element to this and we know how much people get addicted to that kind of stuff and they play into that a bit. You know? Yeah, I, I don't know. I mean, I, do, I want the... I just, like, if this card has this effect, then it needs to have a minimum of blah. I don't see that as... They can still get some bad stuff out of it. The creatures could be bad. or You know what I mean? Like, I just feel... Yeah. I don't know. I mean, maybe it isn't on their radar, but... Um, but it's interesting to see if they are building a smarter system. And, you know, when it comes to these algorithms, what we really want at the end of the day is to some, a human to have their hands in it a bit to make things a bit nicer for us, I guess. Yeah, uh, because, I mean, the idea essentially is you get three houses and you get a collection of deck, but we know that's not exactly how it works, right? So you can't get any cards... If you get, for example, a uh, horseman in the Sanctum things, then you're guaranteed to get all four horsemen. Yeah. If you get a time traveler, you're guaranteed to get the company card. Uh, you can only get one library access as being kind of data mined, uh, for example. So there are definitely exceptions that stop it just being purely random. So when you say it's been data mined, like people have looked and seen that you can only get one library access per deck. Right. So there's That's something like 600 or almost 700,000 decks registered. Yeah, okay. So you can do a bit of data mining with that yep. to see yep. what the limitations are. Yeah. By the way, if there's 600... Well, let's say there's 700,000 with 682,000. How many decks do you think there actually are out there? How many decks did they sell, do you reckon? God, yeah, because I, I haven't scanned up all of my decks. I reckon I've scanned up probably half my decks. There you go. So if it's if you're going off of me, a sample of one, there's double that many decks out there. Wow. So that means there must I mean I reckon there must be a million. Well, how many did you say? Six hundred and eighty thousand. Yeah. yeah. So that's putting us at one point four million, so we round it to, say? Oh, I don't know, but um I'm I even think a million's crazy, but yeah, you it might is be pretty right. crazy. So the game seems to be doing okay. That's so for that's, sure. It's Fantasy Flight. Is it the Dusk? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Are they a um, publicly traded company, or are they private? I think they're private. Okay, so we won't really know. Like we could look at their earnings and no, be like, no. "Oh, that was huge." Yeah, yeah. But yeah, unfortunately, I just read that it probably won't be out till June, which is a little long to wait. But maybe by then I'll finally get off my butt and play some of those chainbound events. Yeah. And I've heard that you've already put me down for a starter set and half of a <laughs> collecting box with you. Well, I don't know. So the new starter set is something exciting that's coming out with it. It's got uh, uh, the, the previous one had two um, predetermined decks, two random decks, and some uh, tokens. It was pretty expensive. But, you know, I've mentioned before that I, I think the starter sets have served me well because I had two even decks that I got to teach people with. And people, some people did ask me, oh, are these ones like designed? I said, yes, these are designed to learn with. Yeah. Um, so, yeah, it's okay. But the new one is a fair bit cheaper. Um, and all you get is two random decks and some sets. I mean, it's not, well, what's the deal? And like? some two random decks and some tokens. tokens sorry, yeah. Yeah. So, I've got some oh, good games, Empire here. They're a uh, kind of online 
game store here. They're selling it for thirty-seven Australian for the new starter set, as opposed to sixty dollars for the yeah. old starter. I set. generally saw it for seventy bucks, like the store around the corner here, seventy bucks. Yeah, the RPP says here is seventy bucks, which is pretty crazy. Pretty expensive, I think. Yeah, but yeah, this if you want to get a box, uh, you got to get them early. One hundred fifty Australian here. Um, anyway, all those US listeners out there can be horrified at the prices we're paying. <laughs> yeah. But moving on, what are you being uh, interested in lately, Alex? I'm also interested in another game coming out, although this is more um, PC-oriented. It is Tropico 6. Uh, they have actually... The, the last one was on PlayStation and possibly Xbox, and I can't understand why you'd want to play it on that. Yeah. Because it is a, it's sort of a city-building game, but more aimed at that you control the whole island and you're sort of a dictator. Um, that controls that island. It is kind of halfway between SimCity and Civilization, isn't it? Kind of somewhere in between there. I guess. I mean, it's aimed at... It's also like that political game because you do have elections. Um, you g- generally just got one other opponent. And, I mean, you can be the sort of benevolent dictator and have free elections and try and be good to your people and win that way. Or you can be dodgy and you can try to rig elections and you can... Um, you can poten- potentially kill your political opponent or lock them in jail, although usually what's happened in the past is another one just steps in for their place kind of thing, and it often quite annoys people. People are very unhappy after you've assassinated <laughs> someone. or <laughs> Many-headed Hydra thing. Yeah, throw them in jail. Um, but you could do lots of silly things like that, and it's really, you know, this whole... Um, uh, Cuban sort of dream so you could you can grow you can make tobacco farms you build tobacco farms and then grow uh, you grow your tobacco and have a cigar factory and you could grow sugar and have a rum factory and all these kinds of things um, so there's all these different elements there's sort of political elements you've got the uh, communists and capitalists say and um, little things like that They've, it's changed throughout the series a fair bit and one thing that you do now is you start in colonial sort of times and the crown has given you power and you're sort of like a governor and the aim is to get out of that phase and get into the next phase and you sort of go you know until the modern day sort of thing well that was the sieve point i was talking about but yeah 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 it's true it is a bit like that nowadays um so it this so there's just to score you is that how you win or what are the win conditions yeah, so you can do a free play kind of thing where you just win off of score or there are also a whole bunch of scenarios. Um, one, for example, is you're on an island that has a volcano and that volcano is going to blow up and kill everyone, uh, say, in 20 years. So your aim is just to try and make as much money and get it into your Swiss bank account and then flee the island um, before it erupts. So that's, is there a campaign mode, in other words? Yeah, there's a campaign mode. Um and I've been watching some videos of it because if you've paid for the, uh, what do they call the collector's edition or whatever it is, um, then you can be playing the beta right now. And I've been watching that, um, the Spiffing Brit, uh, and he just breaks these kinds of games. So right. he just stayed in the colonial era and he didn't get out of it at all and he was making an absolute ton of money which really you're supposed to kind of get out of it basically he was using slavery i take it yeah i I was watching it and there's all these colonial things and i'm like this is like this is what australia was like i'm pretty sure this is an 
you know, an analogy or something for Australian colonialism and the horrible things he was doing to people. Like, you go and work on this island now and don't come back sort of thing. All right. Putting that horrible colonial past aside. <laughs> um, so you've been playing these games for a while. Yeah, I've played every single game and I've bought every one except for five. I just, I've played a bit of five. Um, oh, I got a, actually, I think I got it for free on the PlayStation. That's where I was playing it. And it's terrible to play there. Um so I've owned all the other ones and I just bought they're all on sale at the moment I just bought the original Tropico for it was about a dollar because I already had a dollar in Steam and it's so still two dollars but anyway fine yeah it was two dollars fifty or something like that but I had like a dollar fifty um, in there already and yeah I've been playing that I just love it it's a game from 2001 I believe and oh. i running it on my brand new computer, which I will get to talking about later. All right, so quickly, what is the best of the series so far? Uh, my favourite is the original. And that's, you, it was, you were talking about the music of earlier. Yeah, yeah, the music is great in that. Um, they've always had, you know, it's kind of Latin, I guess, sort of um, music and all that kind of thing. And this, the original one just had such beautiful music. It seems very authentic, whereas some of the other ones have try to synthesize that or they've gotten in these other bands or whatever they get and it just isn't the same i don't know there's something so beautiful about this music and um it just gets you in the whole feel of that you know you're a dictator above everyone else having a great time <laughs> whilst your people suffer sort of thing <laughs> something we could all aspire to exactly all right so hopefully next month you'll let us know if this one finally beats the original yes it should be out at the end of the month um, yeah, so moving on to what else I'm interested in. I mean, basically, I just want to play some larger games of Age of Sigma. So I've kind of got everything that I need uh, for a 2,000-point game, which is kind of the holy grail of match play. I think also just for me, the synergies seem to really come together. That, that I mean, I'm sure you can get more with more, but with my Stormcast in particular, I have this kind of plan where I want to have this... Um, I want to have two... Uh, save so you get extra saves to keep your 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 armies alive. So you that, get you get one save, you fail that save, you got another save. Well, I would get three if you did a normal attack. I'd get three. If oh you did God. a mortal wound, I'd get two, but only within a radius. It's a controlled radius, so uh. it's not going to be unlimited. And I have a feeling that if you just blow up the people that give the that the buff, but uh, yeah. the whole idea is they could as much as that will be if you're not killing my danger units and you're killing them that may be good for me too yeah the whole thing about these games is making tough choices right make your opponent make hard choices yeah so it's an army designed around that like sure you can blow up this guy's easy to do but he takes time he takes resources and then i can get around behind you or get where i need to go to score points or something like that yeah um but yeah just getting i know you've got increased your army got some other friends increasing their army so i really want to see if we can get to that soon uh, I haven't finished. I haven't got, I'm going to have to use some proxies. I've got uh, quite a few models ready to go. I've painted a bit more. I'm a bit slow on the painting because I, I always get up to that. So I do this big push and then I get to the bit that's tedious and I'm like, Ugh. Yeah. <laughs> I haven't done any painting except for I rebased my Ungors onto round bases now and they were already painted and I painted the base. So they're done. There you go. <laughs> Easy life. <laughs> Um, but yeah, so with some extra time, I hope in the next couple of months, I will look forward to reporting on some big games. Yeah, 
I'd also I don't need too much more. I just need some more Ungol Raiders. I think to be playing around that level. The painting I'm so far behind on. I think I need to take off a couple of weeks from work if I'm ever going <laughs> to get that done. Well, we'll worry about tournaments later in the year then. I guess. Yeah, for sure. All right. Well, I'll move on to another thing that I'm interested in, um, which is an Australian game, sort of a board game, sort of a miniatures game called Mothership. And it's uh, set in space, as you might be able to tell from that name. And you've got a bunch of little ships, but you've got your core mothership, hence the name. Um, and you're battling against other people with motherships too. So it's like up to a four-player game, I think. Everyone's got a mothership. Uh, you're playing against each other for a dominance of the galaxy or something like that, is it? Yeah, was it, is it four people? Was there even more? I'm not 100% it's sure. It's at least four, I'm sure. Um, but yeah, we play uh, these games, these kinds of games as we were talking. Oh, it says two to six. There you go. Um, but we play them at uh, the Axes and Ales game club that we go to. And I was there um, having a match and I was chatting to this guy and he was telling me about this game because it's, it's been out before it's been out for some time so this is the second edition yeah and there's been two uh, pressings of the first edition at least one of them was on kickstarter i'm not sure about the other one um so yeah the guys putting out or the group whoever it is putting out another second edition uh, yeah new improvements yeah and it's got this kind of um battle tech like feel to it so battle tech is where your mech warrior games come from and they always have these little sheets for your mech and, um, well, in this case, you've got a sheet for your mothership and you've got armor, like li- lines of armor and you cross a l- off a little square as you go along each line. But then some things can shoot and rather than going across and then down, it these things go down directly through that, like they can pierce through your armor kind of thing. So some weapons can c- kind of cut out this thing. So Cut out ho- some of your yeah. armor. But the whole cool thing about Battletech was that you could get shot in the arm and then your arm didn't work. Yeah. And it seems to have some mechanics like yeah, that. Yeah, it seems to have some mechanics like that. So, some, so crazy things will happen to your ship, you know, it might, maybe it loses speed or maybe a gun can't fire now and these kinds of things. So you get that kind of... I think that's what people really enjoyed, that sort of randomness and what will happen, you know, when these things do penetrate your armour. Right, yeah, and it's just fun to have that kind of, you know, manning all stations. I would even say like FTL, right, you know, putting out the fires you can. Yeah. Um, that's a game where you control your own ship from the inside. Uh, one of the things I thought was cool when I was checking up on it was that it said the end game. I don't know if it's the second edition, but it's been uh, they've got some cards there that give you really uber powers, and it's a way of kind of closing out the game. Ah. So you're going to be leveling up. You're going to be doing research. It's a, it's kind of a kind of a four X game. You know, a little bit more battle intense than I think it's yeah more battle focused but my understanding was that you could totally customize your mothership though and have it sort of from the start oriented how you wanted it to so it could be like really good at moving around the board but then it wasn't very good at shooting or it could have a ridiculous gun and these sorts of things yeah so one of the end game things supposedly the mothership can shoot anything on the board so if you go for that ridiculous gun then it just goes crazy and they're meant to be closers so somebody will get so powerful they've got the next level of tech, and then they'll just kind of close out the game. Yep, yeah. But yeah, it's an Australian devote thing. Uh, we calculated about a hundred bucks to get a copy. You can get uh, for less. You can get some uh, print and play rules and make the miniatures yourself. Yeah, I think you can just get the rules for free, can't you? Or that will they send you a nice 
um, copy of it as well. Uh, there's a download it a, of a PDF. Sure, there's there's some stuff there. But there's yeah. lots of tiers, but if you just want to start with a game, yeah. uh, I think it was 69 US or something like that. But that did include shipping, so... Uh, Doesn't include shipping, yeah. But yeah, it's a local game. It's even Melbourne-based, so check it out. Yeah, it's still going. It's at the time of talking. It still has 23 days to go, and it's not quite at its Kickstarter goal, so... If any of our three viewers out there want to get behind it, maybe we'll get it over the line. Lucky we've got more listeners than viewers, that's for sure. (laughs) Exactly. All right, I think that's done for me with Fast Forward. Anything else you want to add? No, let's move on. What's up? Okay, so what's up? Um, I built myself a computer. Copycat. Yeah, I did copy you a bit. Um, I made a few mistakes, though. Life lessons, we call them. Yeah, I guess every first time doing things, it's always that way a bit. I didn't do it though, just saying. Yeah, well, who knows what mistakes <laughs> you've you've made? I'm I'm sure there was something. One one thing I did was I was I test fitted the cooler um, for the CPU, and there's got a little plastic cover there, and I got the thermal paste on the cover, a bit of it. Hmm. Um. What I realized. Part of the reason I'd done it was because I had been watching this video where they test fitted it. They test fitted their cooler, but their cooler just had a peel off, sticky kind of thing. It wasn't the thermal paste, I guess. It was more like a thermal pad, yeah, so it was pad, protected maybe. from it. And they did that, uh, and it was fine. And then I was like, "Oh no, this is just a straight raw thermal paste." Right. So uh, I did. I didn't get that much on it. It was a little bit. And I've been checking the thermals and it's actually running... They generally say for... My computer has an i5-8400 CPU in an Intel one. And they generally say it gets to about 74 degrees. The hottest I've ever seen is 73 degrees. So maybe sure. I did it a favor. Who knows? Yeah. <laughs> well, there's a lot there, that's for sure. There's quite Often a lot. they say there's too much. Yeah, there's quite a lot of thermal paste on it. Um, but... Uh, it is a very similar spec to yours. We've got the same CPU, yeah? Yeah, I had the same CPU, the same, same motherboard. motherboard. So that's a, a Aurorus, oh, it's Gigabyte Aurorus uh, 3 Wi-Fi, I think it's called. Gaming 3 Wi-Fi. I call it an Aorus Gaming 3 Wi-Fi, yeah. Something like that. Yeah, it's a weird... It has a logo. So the logo is a picture of a bird and it's got a beefy arm that looks like Trogdor from Strong Bad. If anybody knows Homestar Runner, I don't know what it is. It looks like an arm, and people have been bagging it out. I've seen on YouTube. There's one guy like doing the strong arm sort of thing. Um, and if you've ever seen Trogdor, which is a dragon that has one like big, strong, meaty arm, then you'll know what I'm talking about. And once you've thought about that, you can't unsee it. You can't <laughs> it's unsee a silly it. logo. It's the silliest logo. Um, it mine, of course, is RGB. Well, yours as well as RGB lights up and changes all different colors. The logo you on have the, the uh, Samsung uh, uh, was it nine seventy plus? Well, I only have the nine seventy or whatever it is. Nine seventy Evo plus, yeah. Um, that's blazingly fast. I mean, I'm sure yours is anyway. Yeah, I complained that I couldn't hit delete fast enough. Remember when I yeah, so I could go into the BIOS screen. Yeah, it's um is an absolute thing of beauty. I can't believe that they are still selling computers with hard drives in them. That boggles my mind, to be mm. honest. Someone who's had an SSD since 2011. Um, but the other main feature is an NVIDIA RTX 2060 graphics card. Mm. Um, I don't know. I'm having fun with it. It's uh, I paid about 500 bucks for it delivered. 
and that's about I translated it over from the US price, which is uh, is it three hundred and fifty US or something like that. It meant to be around three hundred is the is the standard price, I think, or whatever it is. But it's about the it works out to um, pretty much that equivalent at the time. Yeah, I mean we're paying for the a reference bit of card. Australia tax, I'm sure, but I don't yeah, know. Um, I know it's it seemed to be pretty good, so I was happy with that pricing. I mean, I think uh, they're talking about a lot of the pricing coming down, hopefully for people who want to build computers at the moment. Um, but that's going to take. It always seems to be a bit slower in Australia for these sorts of things. Well, I mean, it's a great time to buy RAM. It's a great time to buy. I mean, those we got five twelve. You know. NVMe, if people care, SSDs, these really fast, you know, attached to the motherboard uh, hard drives. Yeah, they were three hundred bucks, like not that long ago. Yeah, I paid under two hundred dollars for mine. So yeah, did you. Yeah, and yours came out brand new, like a month ago or less, and it was hundred fifty yeah. bucks new. It is crazy. So it's a great time to build a PC. The thing is that with the RTX, so that's the new Nvidia lineup. The prices they seem to have jacked you up. Yeah, uh, the prices. So you had the 1060 equivalent, which was kind of going down in price finally. But I could never find it at the price I wanted to, to be honest. That's why I ended up going with a 1070 Ti because I could have paid five hundred dollars for a 1060. Yeah. Um. Even though they kind of sunk. So you could find 1060s. I couldn't find a 1070. I mean, I probably would have bought a 1070 if I'd seen it. But at the time. It seems very hard. Well, they were seven hundred and fifty dollars for ages. Yeah, which is like what you can pay for a twenty seventy now. So. Right. So, in one sense, the high end is is okay in terms of that, but the lower end is a little bit. I mean, you're better off going if you really want to go low end. You got to go Radeon five seventy and eighty and whatever there are. Yeah. yeah. Um, but yeah, so I mean, at the end of the day, the twenty sixty is probably better than ten seventy Ti, which I'm a little little butt hurt about. But anyway, <laughs> what you gonna do? But yeah, I've been playing heaps of games on it. It's a total gaming machine. The i five is, you know, it's probably not great for doing your other things. I mean, luckily we do a podcast. We don't do any video editing, so I don't have to worry about that. Um, but it's great for gaming. It's definitely great for gaming. And I've been playing. You know, I've been playing Tropico One. Perfect. Oh yes. What I can't get. Can't get a, it. Two thousand and one. I can't <laughs> get. Can't get a frame rate counter on it. But I imagine that it's great. Um, I haven't played um, faster than light on it yet. But you've been playing it on yours, and uh, I would run it at thirty frames because that's what it's locked to. So you know, again, your joke was there. not faster than light. Your joke was into the breach. You ruined. Oh, into the joke. breach. They're both the same. Same development. You did ask me that last podcast, I think. Um, and what else have I been playing? Well, I have been playing. I did. Um, boot up Total War Warhammer the original one and I yeah. will buy the Beasts of Chaos expansion for it at some point and I'll get into that is that on the original or on the second it's on the original the original yeah. one had all the good ones like Chaos and all that kind of stuff and I think the second one is not so interesting for me right um, but the graphics do look a bit aged to be honest It's I do remember it being pretty and never running that well on my computer right um, and it's not really that pretty but there's just so much going on and it is great to see all of that running uh, totally fine. Now. Yeah, Total Warhammer is a kind of benchmark game in that sense, I think. Yeah. Uh, and also Company of Heroes 2, which I love those games. And a lot can happen in them as well. But again, it's not hugely graphically pretty, but it's pretty decent. It's older, um, but it's great to have a machine where you can run all these things. Oh, well, we'll get out. We ha- you haven't done the Firestrike stuff yet or anything. I haven't lent you that, have you, all the Heaven benchmarks. So maybe next time we'll have a 
a PC off or benchmark no, it. Yeah, I haven't done any of those kinds of things. What? I just did a bit of a stress test with that ADA 64. Oh, yeah. But we'll try. We'll see if we can try our skills. As I said, I've been having problems overclocking. And uh, some of our Anthem sessions were ruined because of my overclock kept kicking out. Oh, well, I have overclocked my graphics card a, a wee bit with the MSI Afterburner. Mm. Yeah, yeah. So we'll have a... We'll see if we can outclock each other and see who's almost identical gaming rigs can outperform by Is some. the 2060 better or is the 1070 Ti the winner? Well, it, I mean, from what I've seen, the 1060 is definitely what you would buy, but there are some games where... 2060. Yeah, you would so buy the 2060. Yeah. Yeah. Well, going forward kind of thing, I mean, is it good going forward because things will get better developed for it or is it good going forward because they'll kill off support for the other ones that's always the question yeah but i think it's just more efficient and um yeah it just does more with less and i don't know i mean the big question is so the rtx is meant to be that fancy ray tracing support yeah extra reflections and all i don't know if the 2060 will ever be able to output Decent. Decent. No, probably not. Maybe, but we'll have to wait and see. On I that mean, one. it'll be better than the mobile one, that's for sure. But um, it's, yeah, it's not going to be great. Alrighty, moving on before we do geek out too much. So, I mean, I've been. So I mentioned this last time. I've been playing way too much Hearthstone. Um, I call it my productivity kryptonite. <laughs> but finally, finally, after being an early beta invite player. And being obsessed with Arena at first, two major things happened in my Hearthstone playing life. One was that uh, I reached 500 wins with one of the classes. So that gives you a golden thing. Yeah. Golden uh, character. Your character becomes golden. So golden is their way of doing foil and it just gets a little bit of... I don't know what you call it, animation, yeah. slight animation to it. Yeah, and it looks shiny. Yeah. <laughs> um, so, yeah, I mean, I guess that shows I haven't played that much because there are people that have it for every single class and, you know, I think, three um, or four times over. Sartre or Sartre would say that you're being in bad faith with yourself when you say you haven't played that much. <laughs> well, in, in comparison. But... Um, you're comparing yourself to YouTube streamers that play eight hours a day. Well, there is that, maybe. <laughs> but I also finally reached the legend rank, which is the highest rank that you can achieve. So they've got this tiered system. They have changed it and they have made it easier. So I've definitely been a beneficiary of this change. Yeah. Um, but they just did a big change. Interestingly, this big change, which gave a whole new cast of ranks um, that went back from 25 or whatever it was before, now goes to 30 and it's got all the steps and all this stuff. That didn't affect me at all. What? It, and they also made it less stars to go up a rank. So a star is just... Uh. So in rank... 15, I think you need four stars, so four wins to get onto rank 14, for example. And they uh, all that stuff didn't help me much, but the dropping back. So at the end of every month, wherever you are in the rank, you fall back a certain amount and then you start from there and go again. Um, I had gotten several times to rank two, rank one, um, and just gotten frustrated because at those levels, you just have to win. Like every win, it gives you one star. 
right forward yeah. and every loss puts you one star back if you get on a three win streak you get two stars not at after rank five. Oh, really no okay so it's pure wins oh, so my brutal i have some like stats I don't, i'm never consistent with it but i know that i'm like a 56 percent win rate right so okay. i'm only eking ahead at 50 percent some of the time yeah um but this time i just managed to push through i had a deck that i loved um uh warrior no it was mage it was oh. baku mage not the rust version the control version um it just allowed me to control the board uh take out the millions of hunters i would just smash hunters <laughs> but i kept losing to priests and so, so hunter I, is still very popular at the uh, top it's it's yeah hunter is everywhere it's yeah probably the easiest to play as well and the most powerful okay and one of the cheaper decks to make as well yeah <laughs> but yeah so i just i don't know what it was this time i just pushed through this deck was working for me i knew the deck well i knew the mulligan so what cards to keep at the start of my hand and all that stuff yep and uh got there um and i don't know then realized it wasn't that great but I, it was a lifetime achievement or something <laughs> <laughs> I mean, I'd wanted to do this thing for years, but I'd, th- there were times that I had sat down and done it, but... It's it, a bit of a grind. It's a grind, and I'd often just feel guilty wasting that much time doing it. Yeah, for sure. Like so, all video games, you know, you think, I should be doing something better right now. <laughs> so, anyway, I don't know. I've always wanted to do it, so I'm glad I did it. I'm kind of glad they made it a little bit easier for me in some ways. Um, but, yeah... I have now got the legendary card back. I was going to say, once you get to legend, you actually get a number. So you know what rank you are on that server. Yeah, so you're like 10,408,000. Uh, I was 2,000 or something, in the yeah. end, which is quite high. Um, there's something like 5,000, maybe more players. I don't know. Okay. So, But that's one of four or five servers. So I was in the NA one. There's Europe. There's Asia, at least. Yeah. Korea. So I think Korea has its own, maybe, or something like that. Well, where, what are we? North America. <laughs> Yeah, West yeah. North America. Yeah. But I'll take that as a f- small victory. Yeah, it sounds good. All right, well, shall I move on to what I, else I've been up to? I'll take that as a yes. See, I don't I don't need Nick as another. That was why when we did the first recording, just being on its own was fine. I was just drinking water. <laughs> a nod was sufficient. Um, I have did play a game of Age of Sigma with my Beast of Chaos. Uh, it was just a small 1,000-point battle at the club. And um, I just, you know, I'd, I'd had some tough battles. hadn't been doing that well with the Beast of Chaos. And Those evocators were falling from the sky and destroying you. Yeah, and um, I decided I'd call in some Zangor Enlightened. And I've discovered that they kick ass. Mm, at 140 points, they're considered one of the most under-costed units. Yep. So they they're basically birdmen on um flying discs and they get a lot of attacks. They've got a spear, they've got their beaks and then the disc can attack as well and because the disc is uh, this flying thing they can mu- move a huge amount of distance and you know flying lets them go over terrain and it's all quite easy you can move over units and all that kind of stuff. Um but I was playing this game, you know, we were both sort of discussing our armies and all that kind of stuff. It was against a Flesh Eater Quartz um, player. 
and this was just before the book was about to come out. The book was coming out that weekend, so it's pre all of that. Um, but he was saying various things about the army. And I was saying, oh, I've got my enlightened, you know, they're my new kick-ass unit kind of thing. And he was telling me, oh, this leader guy on on a dragon, I think a sort of zombie dragon. If you kill him, the game's over for me. And I'm like, okay, well, you know, whatever. And, you know, we were both telling each other details about our armies. But he sort of just moved his entire army towards me. So he got first turn. He got first turn and just brought everything towards me. And I had been arming and arming about, will I spend 50 points and plop down a Chaos Spawn? Because I'm playing as Gave Spawn. And if you have a Chaos Chaos Spawn, they can buff your guys. Um, You spend a command point and it gives them... uh, plus one to every melee attack that they have. Yeah, so it's a key buff, but the other way you get him is when a hero dies, you just automatically get one. So, Or I can um, summon guys on, because I can summon guys on by killing off fungals, otherwise known as right. logs. So you can summon it on. Okay. So I got these other options, but I thought I'll spend the 50 points. I could have saved it for a command point, but I'll spend the 50 points and have it on. So it was and on your army from the start. It was on my army from the start. I rolled six for its movement, so you roll 2d6. So an average roll would be seven. So right. not a particularly good movement roll, right. but that was enough because he'd moved right up to me. And then I just moved my Skyfires um, and Enlightened and... Zangor Shaman, so they all sort of stay around the Shaman because the Shaman buffs them. And so I positioned them all that way. I rolled, did a couple of wounds on his um, sort of zombie guy on a dragon. And so they shot their bows, did a couple of wounds, not that many. And then I'm like, do I really want it? He looks pretty scary. He's telling me this guy's pretty scary, but also if I destroy him, then the game's over for him. <laughs> so I move by enlightened in a bit sort of trepidatiously, if that's a word. Um, but they go in and I attack with them first. The thing with the enlightened is they want to attack second, really. But they were in the buff radius of the shaman and I then spent my command point because they're in the buff radius of the... Um, Chaos spawns. I get plus one attack to each of their melee attacks. They have three different attacks, so that's pretty big. And they ripped him to shreds with their spears, and then they pecked the last couple of wounds off with their beaks, (laughs) and the the Mm. discs hadn't even gotten their attacks in yet, and he was dead. (laughs) So my opponent gave up on the spot and conceded. But I managed to convince him to play another turn because I was, well, a little bit more of the turn because I was like, well, you set up all your models. Do you want to keep playing sort of thing? He wasn't playing. What was the objectives? Uh, so there were three objectives. We were playing the one where you go long across the battlefield oh, instead yeah. of the other one and there's three objectives and one of them is worth the most points and the three other ones... Three points are worth one, yeah. Yeah. I can't remember what it's called. But so yeah. he did sort of come towards... There was the central objective was where he went. Sure. Um, but I'd also sort of stacked up my guys like all just kind of on one side, sort of huddled around my uh, um, herdstone to one side Sorry. and I'd left an opening on this other side. So he could have, you know, maybe done some positioning. But again, you do kind of want to stay in your buff radiuses and he was going to bring back guys to life and they all need to be within certain distance to do that. Yeah, but I mean, he put him to the front, right? Yeah, he put the leader in the front. So that was the problem. Yeah, but then, so I rolled the double turn. We did go for a little bit longer. I rolled the double turn and I had ambushed on a bunch of guys and then they just got in and took out the next leader who could have maybe helped bring some guys back right. to life or keep them going sort of thing. And that was pretty much it. This was pre the new book as well, wasn't it? Yeah, pre the new book. And I think he yeah. played some of... I'm pretty sure he had a 
better armor save on the leader guy than he thought, for right. example, which probably wouldn't have saved him anyway because I still hadn't gotten through the other attacks. <laughs> um, might have, though. But it might have, yeah. Uh, but, yeah, I was pretty happy because I think Beast of Chaos are a really difficult army to play and it's nice that we have some overpowered units in there. There you go. A lot of people are lamenting that fact, though, that you have to play them. I don't think you necessarily do and what we saw from the tournaments was actually the Bulgors were doing pretty well, even though they're, I would say that they're overcosted for what you get. Sure, but, uh, I mean, you got to play the missions and stuff like that. Yeah. You got to know what your units are that are screen units, what your units are that are attack units. So, screen Well, I think people want Beast of Chaos to be like corn, and corn, you can just sort of go ahead and kill lots of things, and they're super killy, and they're not. They're, you got to be a lot more tactical with them and positioning, keep your positioning strong, use your screens. And you know, keep everything in your buff. To my radiuses. mind, I think I've mentioned this before is that beats the chaos are a wave army, so you need to hit with one wave that gets killed, it doesn't last. So then you need a second wave, a third wave, and a fourth wave kind of thing. You need to, I keep. say, just hit hit home first with enlightened, and yeah, solves there'll be problems. nothing left. <laughs> well, the guy who won the UK Masters just had how many he had big blocks 18, 18 enlightened, yeah, so he had wave after wave of enlightened, yeah. All right, feels good to get a win in every so often, I guess. Yeah. Uh, moving on, uh, I got a fair bit more stuff. I mean, I'm still playing Celeste. I don't have anything to say other than I I do enjoy it. It's got this lovely thing of frustration and open, like so you get to a new level and things are simple and great, and then by the end of it, you're uh, tearing your hair out. For example, they gave me this feather that I could fly around with in this level and it feels good and oh, I'm flying and in the end it's like, do this precise exact fly, then jump, boost, jump, you know, like it's that kind of game, right? Uh, yep. Um, but they did open up the design of it, which I found quite good and gave more space and longer levels rather than that kind of, as we talked about, super meat boy style, just got the one screen and i got to get yeah. through it. Yeah, um, So yeah, I don't know, it, the story is great and the way that it ties into your own challenges playing the video game and battling through and facing yourself is actually pretty clever as well. Yeah, okay. Um, should I keep going? A couple, a couple more games? Yeah, you keep going. All right, so I played the Division 2 beta. So here's a hot take on that, which was last weekend, uh, the first weekend in March, I think it was. Um, look, a brief summary is something like this. I could see myself playing the game if I knew people who were into it. And what could have a what good is it? Oh, well, Division 2 is a, another looter shooter, as Anthem is sometimes labelled. Um, Division 1 essentially was, it's Tom Clancy branded Ubisoft product. Yep. You have real guns. Um, you know, everything's trying to be authentic to some level. You're in a post-apocalyptic world, but it's, you know, crazy anarchists that have to be taught a lesson, or at least it is in Division uh, 2. two. I, yeah. can't re- I have played one, but I can't remember who the bad guys were. But it's post-apocalyptic. And, yeah, you essentially, it's kind of a tactical shooter. So you're using cover, you're popping over cover, you've got some cool, like, um, drones and little things like that you can use. Um, you, you know 
got guns. Uh, <laughs> well, you could just, I'm just like, you have like several types of guns, so you've got to yep. get the right gun for the right situation. You've got a riot shield, right? Is this I, game? No. Oh, I, no. I think it would do something else. Maybe you can get one. I wouldn't be surprised if you couldn't. Yeah. There are riot shields used by the enemies. So. Do you have to sometimes rescue hostages and things? Uh, yeah, you do. Yeah. Stuff like that. But... Th- the right shield, I think, is called a duty. Was that was the thing that was a recent use of a right shield? But anyway, um, yeah, it's it's a bit more slow paced than kind of like an action game. You kind of yeah. pop up to the the cover, you go over it, you reload, you kind of advance forward. Yeah, I could see it being quite fun in a kind of tactical group together. It's kind of got that online grindy dungeon thing to it. You can't run around. Like, if you just run out in the open, you'll be instant killed in one shot kind of thing. No, no, no. Definitely not. It's no? you Definitely everybody has some tanky. It's a, bullet, okay. it's a bit too... One of its critiques is that it's a bit too bullet spongy. Because uh, right. so other Tom Clancy kind of games have been pretty... Yeah, so you got the stealth kills. series. What was that one called? Um, Tom Clancy's Please Don't Shoot Me There. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I mean, it's not part of that. This is... You're, the enemies will just be bullet spongy. And that okay. was already starting to happen. And you have a sponge, but I died a lot, a lot of times, just because I wasn't careful enough. But are you versing other players? Uh, there is. So I, I didn't explore that part, but there is an open zone where you go and you want to kind of extract the good loot, and people can take it off you. So uh, you can kind of verse each other in that sense. But you're sort of PVEing it most. Of the I PVEed it. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. So I don't really know about this game then. But yeah, it just because that realistic thing you've got. So the whole thing now, I think, is slightly improved from the other one. Is you have a base and you improve your base, and you get more access to stuff that way. And then you control zones out in the world, and you have to kind of supply them with stuff. I mean, it's essentially re- reputation grinds if you move those in other games, right? So collect a thousand screws, and then they go up a level when you give them a thousand screws. Yeah. But you can. I, I'm not sure how the multiplayer played out. I just played by myself but I have a feeling I could have joined in in some level of doing that with other people while I also had my own base to kind of take care of as well. Um, I, I don't know. I just, yeah, I mean, if somebody was into it and could explain to me all the mechanics and stuff, I could get into it. But I just, myself, I'm not interested in that realistic style. Yeah. And those reputations or what they called project grinds just i couldn't see what the benefit of them was me without you know spending too much time looking it up um, the t- it was tactical the gunplay but i never really felt like okay now i've got a level two gun right like it just felt the same but rather than anthem at least i could see the difference between the guns <laughs> they did have their own distinct silhouette so i knew i was different guns i'm not yeah. saying that i there weren't the, wasn't a nice difference in guns there was but the level two level three difference i was getting a plus three stat or something like that you know and it was a bit like yeah yeah um but yeah if somebody if someone had a group to play with and and, you know you had that mate who loves the realistic stuff and shooting people in the head yeah they were happy to help me drag me through i could give it a go but yeah other than that a little bit too um i don't know i i kind of struggle with realistic games sometimes all right, see. so Nick needs a new group of friends, so we'll mention the socials at the end, <laughs> and you can message in if you are true. I probably do need more people to game with. All my gaming friends are so bloody fussy. Well, you've already called Hearthstone. When you call Hearthstone again, you're 
productivity comes <laughs> yeah, so if you had all these other gaming groups you'd be in a lot of trouble I'd probably play less Hearthstone then there you go <laughs> uh, moving on to the final one I've got here is Crackdown 3 so Ooh. hotness as well uh, Xbox Game Pass so I got it essentially free I think I paid well I paid $2 for two months or something like that oh my god keeping up the tradition uh, it's this open world kind of GTA style superhero go around taking on the bad guys type thing. It's it's not realistic in a sense. You you get augmented superpowers. You can jump and f- can kind of semi fly and do stuff like that as you go along. Okay, but it's just so clunky. I mean, people may have already seen the reviews, but kind of in, a lot of reviews said, "Look, it's bad design, blah blah blah." But I just had fun. I did not have. Right. F- I did not have. <laughs> what, what are the frustrated. reviews? Should I pull them up? <laughs> you can pull up the Metacritic if you yeah. want. Yeah. I'm pretty sure it's at six or seven or something like that. Yeah. Okay. Uh, anyway, yeah. I mean, I, I was looking forward to it. I, I mean, I look forward to it in the sense that I just wanted some stupid game that you could play, maybe a bit of online with some mates on Xbox, you know, because it's a Microsoft exclusive, um, though it's on PC as well. But the just, yeah, like when you jump and then you kind of get to the top of the thing that you're jumping on and then you just somehow your imaginary feet get caught, you know what I mean? Like you don't quite land uh, where you're meant to go. It's just things like that just drive me insane. Yeah. You know, like the, the, where exactly am I jumping? Um, so is it third person perspective Third person jumping? perspective. Yeah, yeah, well, that's yeah. always... That has to be done really well, I think. Yeah, yeah. And and, and it had some okay gunplay. Um, but again, when you're third person, gunplay cannot be the best, right? I mean, yeah. It was actually quite good in um, the Division 2 because I was often... Because you use that cover system, had a nice aiming system and things like that. With this, because you want to kind of be moving around a bit, it, it falls apart a little bit. So it has on Metacritic, I have both the scores. For Xbox One, it's on 60, and for the PC, it's on 57. Oh, yeah. So pretty harsh. Pretty But hard. yeah, like I, I wanted just to kind of get the fun without it. I mean, I can see why it's not that great. It's very old fashioned. That's one thing that's been said about it. But, you know, it just had kind of. A, a potential idiotic fun <laughs> about it, but it let it down. So you, I went through the main mission. I did some of the open area, but I would do something in the open area like, okay, oh, what is this? What's this? All right, I'll do this task, you know, help out destroy this poison in mine. All right, I'll help with mine. I finally did it. Oh, you've unlocked the poison mind, you know, quest. There are five <laughs> other poison mind things to go around this level and do the same bloody thing. Yeah. To do the thing. And then you're like, well, that was okay once. I don't want to do it, you know, again. Um, what was the series of games? That, it just makes me think of that where you go around and you can beat people with like a dildo and things. Yeah, yeah. Uh, Saints Row, it is like that. Yeah, okay. Yeah, yeah. But it doesn't have the wackiness. It sounds like it's It doesn't have the wackiness or the attention to detail. I mean, that has the kind of the real world GTA vibe. This is yeah. pretty empty in comparison to any of those games. Okay. Right? I mean, there are cars and stuff, but it's the bare bones. The whole point of it was it's meant to be destructible. But they uh, realize quickly that people just blow the crap out of every building and defeat any mission structure they had. So they <laughs> moved that out to a multiplayer. Um, but I, I, I had problems connecting on the server of multiplayer and I just I never... Uh, you think it would destroy the servers, all of the calculations of all the buildings? Well, exactly. Over. So, yeah, I don't know. Bit of a shame there. 
Microsoft dropping the ball once again with their exclusives. Yeah, okay. So, it's not, it's not looking very good for them in this round, but this round is petering out, I suppose. Yeah, I mean, they've bought a lot of studios recently, so we'll have to see how that what that turns into. Well, the biggest problem historically with Microsoft buying studios is people are not keen to work for them and they leave, so they're not getting all the talent. Well, I've been following along with that a, a little bit and supposedly that's been true, but that people are better and more positive now. And okay. That, I mean, the Forza people seem pretty happy and things oh, like yeah, that. Oh, yeah, well, Forza is so. a good series. Yeah, so there's definitely, they're trying to improve in that area. I mean, yeah. I'm not promising anything. I mean... I'm not even. An, this is the only Xbox I've ever owned, so I'm not a loyalist yeah. or anything, and I'll, I'll probably dump them if I need to. But <laughs> it's well, it's definitely best not to promise anything from Microsoft when you don't work for them as well. So. <laughs> yeah, so, <laughs> I don't know. I've enjoyed the ride. I mean, because they've been struggling so much, they've given away heaps of cheap stuff. <laughs> Hence, two dollar Xbox Pass, where I at least get to try the latest game. Yeah, well, decide whether yeah, I'm not it's worth it. Worth it to give it a go for that price. Um, yeah, I got a note here about the Australian government on loot boxes. So they did this big. Uh, I agree. Uh, are you going to read it how it's written, or shall I do it? Because that's pretty much my opinion on the whole thing. <laughs> you, you may read it. It says Australian governments on loot boxes. Nah, <laughs> this is pretty much just, that's all you can really say about the whole thing. Well, they just released a thing saying that they didn't think the science was in for them to go forward. Yeah. Uh, well, they. I think. The funny thing is that in the report there's quite a b- there's a bit of detail on things that could be done perhaps should be done but they refuse to do anything and you know the so current looking at associations with gambling and loot boxes yeah. and predatory behavior for kids and things like that. I mean they did say that it should probably be aimed at older people these kinds of things if they're going to do exactly, it. Exactly, yeah. So, but, so they kind of have the recommendations there but they're not going to do anything about it. Yeah, it's too minor an issue and too I think complicated an issue. Well the government right now is trying to not do anything if it can because we're coming we're up to an election, election. Yeah, so yeah. they just they don't want to do a single thing. I mean, this is an issue that maybe I would like to do a special, uh, special podcast on at some stage. All right, I won't some... be here for that one. <laughs> you don't want to look at? I don't want to talk about the Australian government. I want to talk about the yeah, well, I philosophy guess, around it. Yeah, sure. Um, I can get a special guest and replace you. Yeah, you can do that. <laughs> I, I think I wouldn't mind sitting out that one because it's, it's not the most interesting thing. I already have my opinion on what they should do, and right, I uh, just, uh, I just I mean, don't see them. There doing is a it. question. So, as my kids like to tell me, should you be if loot boxes seem to be very equated to opening a pack of cards, I Hearthstone, or then oh, yeah. real life like Pokemon? Yeah. Um. Uh. I think there's a difference, but but just I wonder if are packs of cards like Pokemon actually good. Are yeah. they a bad thing? I don't know. I'm pretty anti-gambling, to be honest, and I think we need to cut down on it a bit as a society. Especially in Australia around sport, but that's you see that in it's a whole different issue. So yeah, yeah. We'll, we'll do a we'll do a maybe a side episode one time. The depressing philosophy of Australian politics, <laughs> volume one. No, look at the morality of loot boxes and. I mean, Belgium's done some interesting things. Hawaii's done some interesting things. So, you know, there, there's stuff to talk about. I thought your least favourite area of philosophy was ethics. Yeah, but it turns out ethics affects people around you. you <laughs> it's the it's, annoying it's thing. It's funny. It's and, funny people are, and people are so bad at ethics that they need help. That's, <laughs> where, that's my nice... Uh, all right, we'll solve all your problems one podcast at a time. That means it's time to move on.
Okay, if your tape G fails after Please listen carefully. And this will not affect your boost guidance. All right, doing a rambling review. Um, just to, you know, in the order of, what do we call it, to get the, the disclaimer out there, you bought yourself a fancy graphics card, and what did you get with that fancy graphics card? Well, we see, now that we've made it as podcasters, we get video <laughs> games for free. All I had to do was spend hundreds of dollars on a graphics card, and I, I had a choice of video games. Now, I could have chosen Battlefield whatever number it is. Is it five? Battlefield five. Yeah, Battlefield five. Or Anthem, and you made me choose Anthem, a game that has the same I score as Crackdown 3 of 60 on Metacritic, possibly even lower as I speak. Sure, but uh, I don't know. Battlefield I, 5 also has a terrible score. Yeah. I mean, <laughs> it's, it's like, not much of a choice. <laughs> I don't know. I mean, I got a free copy too through different means, but um, I wanted someone to play it with, and the people who originally were going to play it with me backed out because of stupid children. Yeah, damn children. You've got to raise them and things. Uh, yeah, so we've both been playing a fair bit. I mean, we, we're definitely not endgame grinders. Uh, we started not day one and we were not in the beta, which I'm kind yeah. of relieved for. And yep. I mean, with a game like this, I'm always cautious to get in too early. I mean, it's, there is this kind of thing though, right? Because if you get in too late, then if it's an online game where you need a group, you can't get anyone for your damn group. Oh, yeah. So you got to find this kind of sweet spot, I think. I think the problem is, like, in the past with a bunch of these games, the official launch day has generally been good. and But now that's slipped and slipped a lot, I think, as they spend more and more time on little things. You know, I think people... Video games now, people spend a lot of time on graphics. Right. And, you know... Perhaps not as much time on gameplay as, as they should be. I always think of Nintendo. Nintendo seemed to spend a ton of time on the gameplay and perhaps not so much on the graphics, which some people aren't so into, but I uh, generally prefer that gameplay emphasis. Right, so we got two points there. One is the launch day. The second is graphics. So what, what? Well, I think I'm just saying that People strive, oh, we must have this really beautiful-looking game. If we're going to get people to buy it on day one, it's got to be extremely beautiful kind of thing. And they end up spending so much time on that that when launch day rolls around, they're like, oh, yeah, we should have been bug-testing this at some point. <laughs> we haven't actually done that yet. And, well, do, let's just throw it to the audience and they'll do it for us. Oh, I do wonder if the EA influences the pushing it out the door. Um, but uh, I think this game was a long way off. Being yeah, I mean, probably. Yeah to jump ahead a little bit. Um, it seems to have a lot of potential, though. Right. So, Anthem is a, a looter-shooter game where you basically, as everyone says, you're Iron Man. You fly around in these suits using your cool abilities and your guns and collecting stuff or doing quests to basically get further along the story and get better mechs, whatever you want to call them, robots. Robot well, suits. Yeah, it's better loot for your mech. Yeah, and so there is a story there that is pretty laughable in some parts, but it's decent enough that it carries it along. Um, the general sense census around the game is that it's fun but flawed, and I, th I don't think we're really going to add too much beyond that, but maybe we'll give some insight into to why we find it I think both fun and flawed. Is the general consensus that it's fun, though? I mean, a lot of people are saying that it was 
too frustrating to even be fun, I thought, and that's why it's had such punishing reviews up to this moment. Well, a lot of that, I think, has to do with that beta period where there yeah. were a lot of problems and a lot of um, kind of stopgap. Um, like, they had really high levels to pass and things like that. So, that went away, a lot of it day one. Yeah, so, basically, all the reviewers would have been reviewing it in the beta week uh, or whatever it was, and, you know, then their reviews came straight out and then... On day one, there was a huge patch, and even there was there's been a decent patch since we've been playing it. And there's too. one due in a couple in two days, I think. Yeah. Yeah. So I mean, that's what's interesting about Game Informer, and I kind of respect them for it, is that they didn't want to release the their review after they heard the day one patch was going to go out because they're like, well, most people will be playing this other version. Yeah. Let's play it again. It didn't actually improve it that much, but they did bump it up to a seven. Yeah. So that maybe did have some positive effect. Yeah, um, so that's quite a bit above the six that it's otherwise sitting on. Yeah, but yeah, I mean, it's so... I mean, I've started around, I've played three different classes now, so there are a total of four different types of suits you can have. Um, each is fairly distinct, um, uh, especially with the abilities you get. Uh, I, I, I'm normally a tank player, but I did struggle with the Colossus a little bit, and that I think comes around the loot system, which we'll talk about a bit. So I'll be mostly playing the Storm character, um, which is kind of like the wizard equivalent, I guess you'd call it. And yeah, it's it's got a lot of good things. Like when you're in that suit and you're raining down ice and fire, I mean, it feels pretty good. Yeah, I've definitely had a lot of fun with it, especially at first. I mean. Th- there's a whole factor, and I always wonder how much reviewers take this into account. Um, I mean, because I got it for free. I have a new computer, so I'm just having this joy of playing this beautiful game. You know, it looks amazing. We were both running it on um, ultra settings, which is probably a bit too high, really, but it mm. looked amazing. I've lowered it down a bit now because I got the uh, I've got a 144 hertz monitor, so I'm trying to get them frames in. But it still looks beautiful and it's running so smooth now. Yeah, I think it's the same for me. I just wanted to push the hardware a little bit and I was enjoying that. Yeah. Um, But yeah, one of the interesting things about it is that you essentially have this hub world where you go around and talking to people, collecting missions, and that's all a one-player experience. Like there's no interaction with anyone else itself. You can't see anyone else there except for, well, there's that kind of that launch room that you go to Yeah, so that's like a kind of a medium, I don't know, purgatory style (laughs) between. But then when you do a mission, I mean, essentially you want to be doing these missions with four other people or three other people, four in total. Yeah. Um, And so you either have your own group or then you get, put with random people and the matching has been for the most part okay and and you go out and generally you do pretty well yeah um but there is this real where so if you and me are playing and i go off uh, and we do the mission it might be my mission might be your mission and then there might be a cutscene or something else and so in a group there is this natural problem of well now i'm waiting for this other person yeah and that's a design flaw that is just no way around it unfortunately i guess not i mean just don't do that <laughs> is the only answer you know? well i don't mind it i mean i just think it's how you have to play but it doesn't fit into the grind mentality that a lot of people want to have right i mean i suppose you meant to either play the initial story on your own or together you got to be together the whole time and exactly on the same mission and then you get to the grind phase that's the end content right sure but it's still weird and i would personally just 
So doing a mission, I would say, takes 15 minutes, 10 minutes, I don't know. 15 minutes pretty regularly. Maybe yeah. some of the missions are longer. So I was playing initially some missions completely on my own and they took a hell of a long time there. Don't do that. Yeah, so you pay about 15 minutes. And the thing is, because it's a looter game, what happens is you do that 15 minutes and then you stop and it kicks you out. Like you, you are just kicked out. You cannot yeah, hang around. No. And you, any group you had that wasn't original people that you put in, so any of these other people that were put in, they're gone and you then are back to the world. So what you tend to do is then equip your uh, gear. And this is one of the second things I kind of had an issue with is you get so much gear and you get gear that is both guns so you get two types of guns that you can take out with you and you get two types of special abilities and there's heaps for each class which is kind of cool but you just normally equip the best thing that you found yeah and this means that the next time you go out you don't know what the hell you've actually equipped half the time right like i'm going to try this new lightning power i don't know what it does and that may be good or it may suck because it doesn't fit your play style or like a lot of the time I would have some combo so there's a combo effect where I have this and then that but now I've equipped this new thing I've lost my combo yeah and there are indicators that tell you but I'm because I'm leveling I'm just going for the best thing yeah you're changing all the time but that means I don't have a sense of continuity at all and I don't really feel like I have control I'm just doing the gun that's the best and I'm just doing the thing that's the best and so this leads to this other thing where Sometimes a mission will be easy and sometimes will be insanely hard and it's very difficult to predict how it's going to go. Yeah, I think, I feel like some missions are just harder and easier than others, but sometimes you're just gelling so well with a team and you've all happened to equip the right guns. And so what do they call it? I forget what they call it, but you've got sort of a move that sets them up and then you've got one that knocks them down. Yeah, ignite and then uh, there is the combo. Ignite and explode or something. Something like that. Yeah. So you're meant to be doing these things, but the game doesn't, it never explains that to you. And when you're walking around the Fort Tarsus is what it's called, the the sort of area where it's your home and that's where you always end up back at. Um, there's not like a training thing. You can't, no. or you can do a sort of walk or maybe run around. You can't even jump. I lament that you can't jump because I just want to jump around all the time. But you can't do anything. You just you can go and chat to people um, and pick up missions, and that's sort of it. You know, it'd be cool if that maybe there should be a little training area where you go and just shoot some targets or something. So you you did get a bit of an idea of your new yeah. gear. Um, See, that's the the only thing to me. Like I would like it just that. It was 15 minutes that I could just press go again, do another 15 minutes, you know, and just keep collecting that loot and then assess it all at the end. Yeah. And then or just, you can't, and you can't see your loot that you get until you go back. Yeah. Well, the most annoying thing is they give you that screen where you have your loot at the end and you could crush some of it up and turn it into dust if you don't like it, but you can't tell if it's better or worse than the weapon that you have. It doesn't tell you that there. No. You have to go to the forge to look at it. And the worst thing is that the equipping is a different loading screen from the Fort Tarsus as well. So most reviews will complain about the loading. Yeah, there's a lot of loading. And that is just so unnecessary. I have to say it's extremely fast on my computer and my NBN connection. It's faster than mine. Yeah. Um, but yeah, so it's not... Uh, it's just tedious, I guess, at the end of the day. But the thing for me is just that I can see that when I've finally got a loadout that I'm happy with, uh, those problems will go away. 
Yeah. So I like this gun, and then okay, I could try this new one in. I've got these three things the same. I'm retrying one thing. So I would be happy to look for that. But I, for as a new player, it's just like potluck. Oh, yeah. Um, so I don't know. That's to me, they're the two inherent problems. The third one is is the Fort Tarsus, which is just that it's it's meant to feel like this confined, oppressed place, right? Mm-hmm. But that means you don't get a sense of freedom. And and a game like this, where I'm catching loop, my favorite game ever was the time I've spent playing World of Warcraft. And what was great about World of Warcraft was that you would go from um, you would go from you know a small village to the bigger town to the bigger town again, right? Yeah. And so that way you got a sense of where you were in the world. But with this one, I'm just always oppressed in this small town. And as sure I'm getting to know the people, but I'm not expanding out in the world. Like the world is just the mission zone, you know what I yep, mean? Yeah. I think one of the things you were about to touch on there uh, before was that, you know, once you finish the mission, it just kicks you out. But the thing is you're in this world and it's quite actually quite big, some of these maps, and there's all these things you could go and explore, but you're just sort of very narrow focused on the mission at the time. And quite often, you know, you end up playing with people who just want to run through it. You and I are probably searching around for loot a bit more. Um, but often it'll, you know, because you, your other mates have run off and activated something, it'll say, go to the mission zone now and give you a countdown of, what is it? it seems to start from nine seconds, not no, quite No, it's like five ten. now. So oh. they've made it, a, so there were some problems with it where people would be like literally visible to you in front of you and it would give you this warning and give you 10 seconds to catch up. Yeah. Now it's when they're out much further away, but it only gives you five seconds. Yeah, okay. I did have a thing where I was just about to get to the correct area. I could see it. It was right in front of me and it's like nah we're going to make you go to a loading screen now. <laughs> so that, I mean yeah so I mean I even said to you last night when we were playing like I wish there was just kill 10 mobs collect 5 spleens or whatever it is like good old wow days because you could spend a bit more time in the world then yeah I could just stay in the world do a few of those quests I mean there are these public events that are cool but uh, uh, well be- so yeah their, their rebuttal would be we have these free play missions where right. you can go out and spend a bit more time in the world and do whatever you want. Um, the problem with them is that then they become not very focused and we found there are four people in the world but it's only you and me that are going and doing the things. The other two people are often going off and dying or something. Yeah, doing their thing. There's no <laughs> reason to go own. together. Yeah. So you need a team to do yeah. that. And If you were just one person playing on you and you had nobody else you were playing Anthem with, you'd probably hate those bits. Maybe sometimes. Like when I did it, I did try and find someone who was doing something and do something with them kind of thing. But often people don't even do that. But the funny thing is, is so despite this, a lot of people still enjoy it. I mean, I would be one of them. I mean, I got the sweet taste for my legendary weapon that I got. Uh, yeah, I've not, you always unlock this great gear. I never get the great <laughs> gear early on. I remember in Diablo, you were like, look at yeah. this amazing thing. And I was like, oh, I've just got a ragged goat's head and I've <laughs> been using that for the past 12 levels. It's, the games love me. <laughs> but yeah, I mean, it was... And the power level of it was great, except that the, there is a bug, a uh, known bug now. They worked out that the first gun that you get when you open up a new uh, mech, a new class, yeah. is actually the best gun in the game for any given class. Yeah. 
So all this great loot that you're finding is sort of getting further away from the best gun that you have. I did try that out last night. So I tried out the new Melee Warrior Fast Dude, whatever he's called. Yep. And had my legendary one, which is not top tier. It's just because I'm level around 18, 19. So whatever you get legendary for that. Yeah. Uh, And uh, had my other gun. So my good gun does heaps more numbers so it looks like it's doing more damage yeah but the other one just kills faster yeah takes so less shots takes, takes less shots shot. yeah, yeah. So it's just so weird there's some there's meant to be a catch-up mechanic that's going wrong there look i mean i don't care that much about stuff like that i mean that'll but be- it kind of i mean it just disappoints me that it's like am i unlocking mad loot or not you know <laughs> right. like that's meant to be a part of the fun of it and it's like well i'm not because i know that the first gun is going to kill enemies quicker than the one i have right now that i just found sure but i'm pretty sure in two days time that won't be the case anymore. yeah well i'm hoping that that is fixed then um there's a lot of things to be fixed it's it makes it very hard to sort of review this game that well at this point yeah but okay so there's two stuff one is what do we think the game will be done later and you know is it worth sticking around for that yeah i think um well so we've both have you unlocked three classes yeah, three, yeah. or three mechs or whatever we're calling them now three robot suits and i've unlocked three as well so i've played as i started as the ranger which is the all-rounder and then i played as the melee class which i thought i would hate but actually loved uh, and then i played as the colossus and um I won't unlock a new class until quite a few levels now, so I'm going to switch off the Colossus because I hate it and I'm yeah. finding it quite boring playing now. And I struggle with the Colossus as well. I, but The funny thing for me was I could see that I would enjoy it, but that's the class that really fell ill of the here's the best thing, use it, and then you'd get something and it would just be like you get this zap and it's kind of handy, but you've also got a long-range gun or something right so you got a zapper that you have to be right next to them to zap them yeah but then all your other gears change around long range because that's just randomly what you collected so that class really seems to feed off synergy i think more than others yeah well um, it's your classic it is the um the tank basically you've got to right. have the mad gear you don't you can put up a shield but you don't every other mech has a shield around it like you know that sort of heals back yeah heals back over time kind of thing whereas you have a ton of health and in general you got to run around and get pickups so you totally right. are that classic tank needs mad gear can take a lot of hits yeah so to me i could see the enjoyment when i'm top tier okay i'm going to go out get gear for this now i might struggle a bit at the start but you know, yeah. if, if i'm doing the dungeon runs i know I'll, I'll get there and i'll get to pick and i'll know what i want kind of thing or i craft uh, the gear that I need for that class. But the storm I was doing well with, except we had some difficult things where, again, I think we just hit a weird peak. The people we were playing with weren't that experienced. Yeah. We didn't know what we were doing, and I was just getting shot out of the sky like, no, tomorrow. Um, we really needed to work together. And so in some games I've played, everyone's just worked together. And when we were playing then, you know, these we weren't working together at all very but well. But I did, like, in one sense, I can accept that I'm the the wizard, so I'm always going to die if I'm not careful, right? Yeah. Um, but well, that's the sort of storm class is meant to be. You're, you're sort of helping set up all these mad combos right. for damage, and you could freeze people, and they'd stop moving and shooting and everything. Yeah, I mean, I remember hearing a couple of reviews, oh, you don't need to worry about the... Um, 
combos and all that stuff. But if you're not doing it, like if you're doing that hard stuff and you do it on the hard level, then sometimes you can just fall behind and you get overwhelmed. Yeah, you can get really overwhelmed. And I found when people are focusing fire, all the combos are just getting pulled pulled off anyway. You don't yeah. really need to worry too much about them, but you need people to be focusing that guy down. You can't, you know, just be off running, doing whatever. There are some guys that have got so much health and they've got shields that's going to regenerate if you're not taking them down quickly. So, yeah, once they, let's say they iron out some bugs, they won't have removed, you know, the kind of problems about the story part, really. They won't have removed, because it's too ingrained, right? And they won't have removed um, this kind of weird, I don't know, unsatisfactory mission at a time thing. But the strongholds, which are the end game kind of dungeons at the moment, are sufficiently long that they seemed a bit nicer length, yeah. Yeah, actually, that was kind of fun. And there's well, only three of them. That's the thing. I yeah. Think. Well, that's they're gonna have to have some new content pretty quick then. Right. So, uh, yeah. I mean, people this are is, running them, but I can't see myself running them that many times. This is what I see as the problem right now. There are some great things about it, and I haven't even talked about the sound and music. I think the music is amazing. I might talk about that a bit later on, but um, will it last? Because right now, it has a lot of potential. It could get a lot better, but the sales aren't that good it's gotten terrible reviews will there be enough interest in it that they will try to keep so it going so they somehow released it at a million people in Japan bought it <laughs> that was the one number they gave out okay so so essentially they've done enough sales to keep it going is the understanding right but uh, I don't know from our, my perspective I can see myself doing this but I'm not going to be able to do it without other people doing it so yeah. it's kind of you know, we've got friends dropping out already. You're not that keen. We've got another one coming in. Well, I think in. I get to max level, which is level 30, right? Like okay. I, I go to there, but I don't know if I want to get to the grind phase. And, you know, there need to be new content by then for me, I think, to keep going right. or just about to come out. But it's, it still seems like they're going to be fixing bugs. Well, would you come? Phase. Would you? So, for, for me, I'm happy not to play a game for a month and come back. Would you do that? Anthem. Or no? Yeah. Oh, yeah. I mean, I I would do that. I mean, that's how I played Diablo three, for example. I didn't play for ages and came back. Ah, so you're just going to suddenly cut off Anthem now? Is that what you're telling me? No, 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 no. Like I'm saying, if we played at max level and we ran the dungeons and we got some legendaries and we were kind of happy with the build and we got bored yeah. doing it. Well, we, not a month. We have to say until a decent release happens. Well, the Update. new content was meant to be coming out. Let's say, yeah, but I'm saying, say that takes us two more weeks to do. Right? Yeah, well, true, true. And then the new release was scheduled for May. Okay. Would you Would you come back, do you reckon? All right, let, I'll do it for the podcast. Oh, for the podcast. <laughs> well, that's not helpful. We're to tell the listeners what they should do. Oh, um, I mean, I, I'd be willing to give it a go. There are some... There are some fun things. I've had a fair bit of fun as the melee class, and I still want to unlock the storm one yeah. and give that a crack. Maybe I like that. You know, there's there's kind of elements I don't know yet that might be fun. I'm, I am still sure. intrigued. There is some. It's so fun still. when you're flying around; it all comes off. Right? Yeah, it's just that typical gameplay good. But that's the funny thing you talk about graphics. But I think the gameplay is good, and they've narrowed it down. What they didn't do is make a mission structure. They didn't make a, a hub world, and they didn't make all these things good that would support the fun well, yeah, that's gameplay and the good graphics that are the base of the game. I haven't played this mission. I'm a bit ahead of you now. and um, So I haven't played this mission with you. 
but there was one where you actually had to think about what you were doing and in general they w- the missions haven't been like that they've just been running gun dumb fest kind of thing right and it was just so weird i'm like oh there is a bit of difference in this game you know here's something um that is a bit more interesting and it took us friggin' forever i was playing with people who weren't particularly good it would seem one guy just died constantly <laughs> <laughs> um so it was a bit tricky to do these bits but it was interesting to uh, have a bit of a challenge and have to think a bit and I did like that and I think you know that but that is the thing like how much how many missions are like that probably yeah. not many I mean the funny thing to me is people will play crappy games it just depends when that game comes along and, and what their wants and needs are at that time yeah yeah. I mean people play any crappy version of FIFA if it's the right time and they're, that's all they love is soccer well I think this, this game is a bit like that for us in a way it's kind of a crappy game that's come along at the right time exactly yeah so it's kind of hard to recommend based off that but if you if you want that sensation I mean this is the thing I have a feeling this game's going to be discounted soon it's already you know, easy to get a free copy as we've proven yeah so would you get in with a with a cheap of copy? And I think it's definitely uh, worth it. There's uh, there's no way I can say go and pay the EB Games price for it right now, which is eighty nine ninety five. You'll be so disappointed if you paid that much yeah, money. So for EB this Games game. is equivalent to GameSpot or something like that, or GameStop. GameStop, rather. yeah, um, always far too high price, but they will price match. Um, so there right. is that, but always price match if you're going to EB Games. Um, if you paid that, maybe if you're paying thirty bucks, I'd say give it a go. Yeah, I have a feeling it's something like that uh, for sure. I mean, if you're buying an RTX graphics card, pick it up. You'll get it. For <laughs> I think. Free. If you're I buying think a twenty eighty. By the way, I think you get three free games now if you yeah, buy if you buy a twenty eighty. Oh, so you got two if you got a twenty eighty. You get you get a choice of one for right, everything you're, else. You're down the low. Yeah. Twenty sixty. Did you want to talk about the music at all? Oh, I think the music is incredible. I feel like they put so much work into that. Um, there's this whole song that uses this fake Vox sound, sort of fake human voice chorusy sort of thing. Does right. like a wow kind of thing. I love that. That is amazing. I thought that was the rip off didgeridoo part. Is that no? There is the didgeridoo in it as well. No, no. This is it's a total synth thing. It's. Right. Um, I mean, I, look, there are heaps of ways you could achieve that sound, but in general. There is a synth sound that is trying to imitate human voice, and then they've played around with that. is what, is what it sounds like to me. Yeah. Um, I don't know. They seem to have put a lot of time and effort into the music, and when that's all firing, because uh, I did have a few audio problems. One of the weirdest things I had was it was auto detecting in Windows and other games because mm. I've been playing a few other games that I've plugged in my headset. I do that, plug it in, I get the Windows badunk, load up Anthem. An anthem has set it to some completely different output now. Oh. So well, it's got a concept bug that it always changes our resolution, yeah? Yeah, and uh, I was constantly changing my resolution and going into windowed mode as well. Yeah, so well, the, one of the weirdest things is now what I do, I load up the game sometimes, it's in windowed mode, I go to settings. As soon as I go to settings, it goes, oh yeah, that's right, I'm not meant to be in windowed mode, I'm in full oh. screen mode and it goes to it. I don't even have to click on it. That's crazy. So there are totally weird bugs. You got an awesome photo. We should share this photo of. Um, oh yeah, There's, I've seen other ones already. It's just the, the 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 showing your Mac thing. 
and it can go a bit crazy and put the parts all over the shop like it, it parts, goes. Yeah, it looked like like one bit looked like he had a bit of your brain stem <laughs> going off. <laughs> Do you know you know what? So one of the whole things is the customizing of the mechs. So there's two ways you can do it. You can buy stuff or you just got simple customizations. And you wanted to complain about the two stores that you, you have access to. Yeah, so there's two different stores. And people have mentioned this and one is voiced by that actress who's quite cool and has done some cool things I forget right now. Um but so you've got these two different stores you can go to. They have the exact same items in them. And they're sort of cosmetic items like, you know, doing a high five or different paints and that kind of stuff. And it's like you have this moment where you level up and it goes, you've now unlocked this store. And then you yeah. go to that store and you're like, okay, this has got this gear in it. And then you go to the other one and you're like, that's the same gear. So it's on some like three-day rotation as well so it doesn't have like a huge catalogue so you think no. that the two stores could do a different rotation yeah or something. Easily. easily I don't know I, I have to say though I do think that the animation you get for finishing mission is so lame I'm almost prepared to pay money to get rid of it yeah and so you could you could potentially spend real world money on these things yeah yeah yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, but you get heaps of currency we haven't spent any of the currency you get no. quite a bit and because we're kind of thinking does it go towards um, better upgradable you can buy stuff if you want to craft the legendary weapons or whatever the master work I think they're called masterwork. I think it is yeah is, but do we really need to be doing that I don't know at the I end, think you end want game. to yeah okay so maybe we should be saving our stuff. pennies yeah, yeah. yeah you want to you want to build five of these guns I mean I alluded to it in the uh, in the discussion of division but the, I mean one of the biggest problems is the guns just look all the same there's no visual distinction between them yeah and that's a design aesthetic which is so weird because this game has such good design well there's some there's some difference but it might be like the gun looks exactly the same but it's blue or it's orange yeah or like yeah. All the the is one sort of part is gray and the rest of it looks exactly but the, the division same. had such a good way of giving you a um a profile or a silhouette that you just know right instantly by looking at it and this game definitely fails in that but yeah, I'll tell you what's okay. funny in terms of the upgrading your mechs only last night did I notice that you can change all the um, textures of all the stuff so you got the shiny parts and soft parts and everything yeah but on the side of that is a color button oh uh, yeah I, I did not know that, that. earlier do you know why I didn't know that? Because I predominantly play the Storm and it has white for all that. So it just blended in for me. Uh, and I finally played the other class and it had this fluoro green. And I'm like, what's that weird fluoro green on the end there? Yeah. I clicked it. I'm like, oh, you can change your colors. And I was well, like... Well, that, that's funny because that's when I also noticed that I was playing as the melee class. Yeah. And that's when I changed all my colors. Is I thought really? you'd notice that because I changed all my colors completely different. I just thought that uh, people were spending money or was doing something yeah. else, right? I didn't know what was no, going on. No, they're just doing like... The, we saw that one guy and he was in the most clashing colours he could find. Yeah. So, yeah, anyway, there's a lot to uncover in this game. Um, I don't know. I mean, for me, I do love these... I love loot growing more than me because I'm enjoying the, the flying around. But there was I've had two lose connection errors on me which have kicked me out of um, games, that, uh, like missions. This was without you for some reason. Two yeah. missions that I was doing that I almost had completed. You were with me one time and you got kicked out of a game. Well, then there was three then. And I can't go back in. And so well, I lose all that. Yeah, that's your right. I remember now. And I lose yeah. my progress. And I mean, that's going to lose me faster than anything else if that yeah. keeps happening. But I haven't had those issues. I think it might be your connection because my connection is really good now. Yeah, sure. But I don't know. I mean, I've... I haven't had any problems with other games. Like uh, that just means that its allowance meter is too 
strict. You know what I mean? Like yeah, well, quite. It possibly. goes down a little bit, and it's just like booting me because I'm I'm like literally shooting when it boots me out, and I haven't been lagging. Yeah. So where's the lag? What around? I did see you last night. You were lagging around a bit. Although then after that you were fine. Yeah, totally I think fine. that was anyway. So I, I don't know. That's one way to kick kick me out of a game is to I, I mean my is to kick you out of a game. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> <laughs> but uh, we'll see. I, I think I'll I'll get a few grinds in some stage with this game. Would you dare give this game a score right now? Yeah, I mean. <sighs> I feel this review is sufficiently rambling, so we've, we've achieved we've that. We've done the rambling. Um, I mean, you, you just did a seven-something, right? I mean, you can't... Would you go a seven-something? You, you go um, less? Well, it's, I think it's a seven at maximum. And Do I sure. give it a punishment mark of 6.9? <laughs> <laughs> I think I want to give it a seven because I do want... I kind of think it would be fun if people got into it and they do put some work into it. You right. know, I, I think it could be... A lot of fun. I think it has some good ideas. It's got some terrible failings. And, you know, it it does seem like, you know, when you read something that somebody has written and they obviously haven't read it themselves and it's just, you know, missing all those obvious, all those little obvious sure, flaws. It's like sure. that. It's like they haven't played it themselves. Yeah, yeah I you mean... get that feeling that it has not been properly tested. I, I think when you play something too much and you get that development thing, you know, you lose the forest from the trees. True, so, true. I think that's what I would say there. But that's Look, why you have all these teams of people that come in from outside and you're meant to give them a decent amount of time to go through and give you feedback. And yeah. It just doesn't seem to I mean, happened. one of the things I said to you was I suspect the engine they used, which is a Frostbite engine, which comes from Battlefield and all that, I, don't, I think they did things with it that they weren't meant to and that like that, flying yeah and that ended up taking all their time but yeah um, but the thing is Battlefield you fly in planes in that and all that yeah, kind of stuff maybe maybe and helicopters as well so sure. you do kind of hover in this yeah well, I, I, that was a guess but I mean for me look I'll tell you an edge score if you go edge who always harsher edge magazine yeah, but, yeah there we go um, edge magazine I'll give it a 6.5 according to edge ranking but that's yeah much higher than the average seven that you would give, right? Um, well, that's higher than the average Metacritic score for it right <laughs> yeah. now. Uh, but, I mean, when people assess games or think about you often think about what game you enjoyed or had fun with. Um, and so, because of that, I mean, I, I, I guess I'd be seven, maybe up to a 7.25 if you really want to get <laughs> seven granular. On something like that. Uh, let's have a quick look. On PC, it's still on 60. Uh, they're loving it on Xbox One. They're, they're desperate for any yeah, games, though, aren't desperate. they? Um, 67. And PS4 all the way down on 56. Yeah, yeah. You play God of War instead, I guess. Well, on PlayStation, it's meant to be crashing some PlayStations quite badly. So. Potentially wiping. Yeah, so that's pretty awful. Yeah, I, I mean, it's funny about games of service and all that and what you get now versus what you have, but there's something in it that if you, like I mentioned WoW already, but if you're a WoW player, I mean, it was it was smoother and nicer and everything, but 
the game didn't make much sense either, right? You had to discover everything on your own. That's true. And there was a it sense of help, enjoyment. It did help you get started, though, whereas I feel Anthem didn't give you much to get started. Yeah, yeah. But there's that kind of rawness to it that people often take to. That, yeah. And I think that's part of why I like it. It's just I, I don't know what the best is, thing is and I go out there and it's shit and I have to learn and I get punched in the face because it's shot out <laughs> of the sky and then I'm like, all right, I'm not doing that again. Yeah. So... It's not. I mean, that's fun. That's it's weird in one sense. Give me another game like that, and I would hate it. But with this, I tolerate it. Yeah, I don't know. I don't think we're very conclusive there, but uh, we'll keep playing it and let you know. Well, we gave it some scores, um, but that'll wrap it up for us now. Yeah. Yep. Shall we mention our socials? Yep. So you can always come find us at thegameswagon.com. Also, you can check us, uh, send us an email at thegameswagon at gmail.com. Uh, we are on Facebook too, but that uh, .com address always points you to Facebook. Yeah. Uh, yeah, we've got a little bit of more people popping in. Not that many people brave enough to, to send us a message. We'd love a few messages <laughs> telling us how great uh, you thought our review of Anthem was. <laughs> how rambling it how was. Rambling. On a scale of <laughs> one to complete ramble, what would you give it? I'd, I'd give it at least a seven, probably high. <laughs> it was pretty rambly, that one. <laughs> and we just have mixed feelings about it, right? Because yeah. I feel something bad and something good. Yeah. But yeah, check us out. Hopefully, you know our new logo and all the fancy new things that we've created for it. And uh, we'll catch you in a month's time. We'll see you on Spotify, iTunes, and plenty of other places. See you there. Bye.